Section 17 of Christian Science by Mark Twain. Read by John Greenman. Book 2, Chapter 7, Part 2. The New Unpardonable Sin. Working Against the Cause, Section 2. If a member of this church shall work against the accomplishment of what the discoverer and founder of Christian science understands is advantageous to the individual, to this church, and to the cause of Christian science, out he goes, forever. The member may think that what he is doing will advance the cause, but he is not invited to do any thinking. More than that, he is not permitted to do any as he will clearly gather from this by-law. When a person joins Mrs. Eddy's church, he must leave his thinker at home, leave it permanently, to make sure that it will not go off some time or other when he is not watching, it will be safest for him to spike it. If he should forget himself and think just once, the by-law provides that he shall be fired out instantly, forever, no return. It shall be the duty of this church immediately to call a meeting, and drop forever the name of this member from its records. My, but it breathes a towering indignation. There are forgivable offenses, but this is not one of them. There are admonitions, probations, suspensions in several minor cases. Mercy is shown the derelict. In those cases he is gently used, and in time he can get back into the fold, even when he has repeated his offense. But let him think, just once, without getting his thinker set to any time, and that is enough. His head comes off. There is no second offense, and there is no gate open to that lost sheep ever again. This rule cannot be changed, amended, or annulled, except by unanimous vote of all the first members. The same being Mrs. Eddy. It is naively sly and pretty to see her keep putting forward first members and boards of this and that, and other broideries and ruffles of her raiment, as if they were independent entities, instead of a part of her clothes and could do things all by themselves when she was outside of them. Mrs. Eddy did not need to copyright the sentence just quoted. Its English would protect it. None but she would have shoveled that comically superfluous all in there. The former unpardonable sin has gone out of service. We may frame the new Christian science one thus. Whatsoever member shall think, and without our mother's permission act upon his think, the same shall be cut off from the church forever. It has been said that I make many mistakes about Christian science through being ignorant of the spiritual meanings of its terminology. I believe it is true. I have been misled all this time by that word member, because there was no one to tell me that its spiritual meaning was slave. Axe and block. There is a by-law which forbids members to practice hypnotism. The penalty is excommunication. 1. If a member is found to be a mental practitioner. 2. Complaint is to be entered against him. 3. By the pastor emeritus and by none else. 4. 
no member is allowed to make complaint to her in the matter five upon mrs eddy's mere complaint unbacked by evidence or proof and without giving the accused a chance to be heard his name shall be dropped from this church mrs eddy has only to say a member is guilty that is all that ends it it is not a case of he may be cut off from christian science salvation it is a case of he shall be her serfs must see to it and not say a word does the other pope possess this prodigious and irresponsible power certainly not in our day some may be curious to know how mrs eddy finds out that a member is practicing hypnotism since no one is allowed to come before her throne and accuse him she has explained this in christian science history first and second editions page sixteen i possess a spiritual sense of what the malicious mental practitioner is mentally arguing which cannot be deceived i can discern in the human mind thoughts motives and purposes and neither mental arguments nor psychic power can affect this spiritual insight a marvelous woman with a hunger for power such as has never been seen in the world before no thing little or big that contains any seed or suggestion of power escapes her avaricious eye and when once she gets that eye on it her remorseless grip follows there isn't a christian scientist who isn't ecclesiastically as much her property as if she had bought him and paid for him and copyrighted him and got a charter she cannot be satisfied when she has handcuffed a member and put a leg-chain and ball on him and plugged his ears and removed his thinker she goes on wrapping needless chains round and round him just as a spider would for she trusts no one believes in no one's honesty judges every one by herself although we have seen that she has absolute and irresponsible command over her spectral boards and over every official and servant of her church at home and abroad over every minute detail of her church's government present and future and can purge her membership of guilty or suspected persons by various plausible formalities and whenever she will she is still not content but must set her queer mind to work and invent a way by which she can take a member any member by neck and crop and fling him out without anything resembling a formality at all she is sole accuser and sole witness and her testimony is final and carries uncompromising and irremediable doom with it the sole witness court it should make the council of ten and the council of three turn in their graves for shame to see how little they knew about satanic concentrations of irresponsible power here we have one accuser one witness one judge one headsman and all four bunched together in mrs eddy the inspired of god his latest thought to his people new member of the holy family the equal of jesus when a member is not satisfactory to mrs eddy and yet is blameless in his life and faultless in his membership and in his christian science walk and conversation shall he hold up his head and tilt his hat over one ear and 
imagine himself safe because of these perfections why in that very moment mrs eddy will cast that spiritual x-ray of hers through his dungarees and say i see his hypnotism working among his insides remove him to the block what shall it profit him to know it isn't so nothing his testimony is of no value no one wants it no one will ask for it he is not present to offer it he does not know he has been accused and if he were there to offer it it would not be listened to it was out of powers approaching mrs eddy's though not equaling them that the inquisition and the devastations of the interdict grew she will transmit hers the man born two centuries from now will think he has arrived in hell and all in good time he will think he knows it vast concentrations of irresponsible power have never in any age been used mercifully and there is nothing to suggest that the christian science papacy is going to spend money on novelties several christian scientists have asked me to refrain from prophecy there is no prophecy in our day but history but history is a trustworthy prophet history is always repeating itself because conditions are always repeating themselves out of duplicated conditions history always gets a duplicate product reading letters at meetings i wonder if there is anything a member can do that will not raise mrs eddy's jealousy the bylaws seem to hunt him from pillar to post all the time and turn all his thoughts and acts and words into sins against the meek and lowly new deity of his worship apparently her jealousy never sleeps apparently any trifle can offend it and but one penalty appease it excommunication the by-laws might properly and reasonably be entitled laws for the coddling and comforting of our mother's petty jealousies the by-law named at the head of this paragraph reads its transgressor out of the church if he shall carry a letter from mrs eddy to the congregation and forget to read it or fail to read the whole of it honesty requisite dishonest members are to be admonished if they continue in dishonest practices excommunication follows considering who it is that drafted this law there is a certain amount of humor in it further applications of the acts here follow the titles of some more by-laws whose infringement is punishable by excommunication silence enjoined misteaching departure from tenets violation of christian fellowship moral offenses illegal adoption broken bylaws violation of bylaws what is the difference formulas forbidden official advice forbids tom dick and harry's clack unworthy of membership final excommunication organizing churches this looks as if mrs eddy had devoted a large share of her time and talent to inventing ways to get rid of her church members yet in another place she seems to invite membership not in any urgent way it is true still she throws out a bait to such as like notice and distinction 
in other words, the human race. Page 82. It is important that these seemingly strict conditions be complied with, as the names of the members of the Mother Church will be recorded in the history of the Church and become a part thereof. We all want to be historical. More self-protection. The hymnal. There is a Christian Science hymnal. Entrance to it was closed in 1898. Christian Science students who make hymns nowadays may possibly get them sung in the Mother Church, but not unless approved by the Pastor Emeritus. Article 27, Section 2. Solo Singers. Mrs. Eddy has contributed the words of three of the hymns in the hymnal. Two of them appear in it six times altogether, each of them being set to three original forms of musical anguish. Mrs. Eddy, always thoughtful, has promulgated a by-law requiring the singing of one of her three hymns in the Mother Church as often as once each month. It is a good idea. A congregation could get tired of even Mrs. Eddy's muse in the course of time without the cordializing incentive of compulsion. We all know how wearisome the sweetest and touchingest things can become through rep, rep, repetition, and still rep, rep, repetition, and more rep, rep, repetition, like the sweet by-and-by, in the sweet by-and-by, for instance, and tarara boom dier and surely it is not likely that mrs eddy's machine has turned out goods that could outwear those great heart-stirrers without the assistance of the lash or waiting harp-strings of the mind is pretty good quite fair to middling the whole seven of the stanzas but repetition would be certain to take the excitement out of it in the course of time even if there were fourteen and then it would sound like the multiplication table, and would cease to save. The congregation would be perfectly sure to get tired, in fact did get tired, hence the compulsory by-law. It is a measure born of experience, not foresight. The by-laws say that if a solo singer shall neglect or refuse to sing alone, one of those three hymns, as often as once a month, and oftener if so directed by the board of directors which is mrs eddy the singer's salary shall be stopped it is circumstantial evidence that some soloists neglected this sacrament and others refused it at least that is the charitable view to take of it there is only one other view to take that mrs eddy did really foresee that there would be singers who would some day get tired of doing her hymns and proclaiming the authorship, unless persuaded by a by-law, with a penalty attached. The idea could, of course, occur to her wise head, for she would know that a seven-stanza break might well be a calamitous strain upon a soloist, and that he might therefore avoid it if unwatched. He could not curtail it, for the whole of anything that Mrs. Eddy does is sacred, and cannot be cut. Board of Education it consists of four members, one of whom is president of it. Its members are elected annually, subject to Mrs. Eddy's approval. Article 30, Section 2. She owns the board, is the board. Mrs. Eddy is president of the Metaphysical College. 
if at any time she shall vacate that office the directors of the college that is to say mrs eddy shall elect to the vacancy the president of the board of education which is merely re-electing herself it is another case of pastor emeritus she gives up the shadow of authority but keeps a good firm hold on the substance public teachers applicants for admission to this industry must pass a thorough three days examination before the board of education in science and health chapter on recapitulation the platform of christian science page four hundred and three of christian science practice from line second to the second paragraph of page four o five and page four hundred and eighty eight second and third paragraphs board of lectureship the lecturers are exceedingly important servants of mrs eddy and she chooses them with great care each of them has an appointed territory in which to perform his duties in the north the south the east the west in canada in great britain and so on and each must stick to his own territory and not forage beyond its boundaries i think it goes without saying from what we have seen of mrs eddy that no lecture is delivered until she has examined and approved it and that the lecturer is not allowed to change it afterwards the members of the board of lectureship are elected annually subject to the approval of rev mary baker g eddy missionaries there are but four they are elected like the rest of the domestics annually so far as i can discover not a single servant of the sacred household has a steady job except mrs eddy it is plain that she trusts no human being but herself the bylaws the branch churches are strictly forbidden to use them so far as i can see they could not do it if they wanted to the bylaws are merely the voice of the master issuing commands to the servants there is nothing and nobody for the servants to re-utter them to that useless edict is repeated in the little book a few pages farther on there are several other repetitions of prohibitions in the book that could be spared they only take up room for nothing the creed it is copyrighted i do not know why but i suppose it is to keep adventurers from some day claiming that they invented it and not mrs eddy and that strange providence that has suggested so many clever things to her no change it is forbidden to change the creed that is important at any rate copyright i can understand why mrs eddy copyrighted the early editions and revisions of science and health and why she had a mania for copyrighting every scrap of every sort that came from her pen in those jejune days when to be in print probably seemed a wonderful distinction to her in her provincial obscurity but why she should continue this delirium in these days of her godship and her far-spread fame i cannot explain to myself and particularly as regards science and health she knows now that that annex is going to live for many centuries and so what good is a fleeting forty-two-year copyright going to do it now a perpetual copyright would be quite another matter i would like to give her a hint 
let her strike for a perpetual copyright on that book there is precedent for it there is one book in the world which bears the charmed life of perpetual copyright a fact not known to twenty people in the world by a hardy perversion of privilege on the part of the law-making power the bible has perpetual copyright in great britain there is no justification for it in fairness and no explanation of it except that the church is strong enough there to have its way right or wrong the recent revised version enjoys perpetual copyright too a stronger precedent even than the other one now then what is the annex but a revised version itself which of course it is lord's prayer and all with that pair of formidable british precedents to proceed upon what congress of ours uh, but how short-sighted i am uh, mrs eddy has thought of it long ago she thinks of everything she knows she has only to keep her copyright of nineteen o two alive through its first stage of twenty-eight years and perpetuity is assured a christian science congress will reign in the capital then she probably attaches small value to the first edition eighteen seventy five although it was a revelation from on high it was slim lank incomplete padded with bales of refuse rags and puffs from lassoed celebrities to fill it out an uncreditable book a book easily sparable a book not to be mentioned in the same year with the sleek fat concise compact compressed and competent annex of to-day in its dainty flexible covers gilt edges rounded corners twin screw spiral twist compensation balance testament counterfeit and all that a book just born to curl up on the hymn-book shelf in church and look just too sweet and holy for anything yes i see now what she was copywriting that child for christian science publishing association it is true in matters of business mrs eddy thinks of everything she thought of an organ to disseminate the truth as it was in mrs eddy straightway she started one the christian science journal it is true in matters of business mrs eddy thinks of everything as soon as she had got the christian science journal sufficiently in debt to make its presence on the premises disagreeable to her it occurred to her to make somebody a present of it which she did along with its debts it was in the summer of eighteen eighty nine the victim selected was her church called in those days the national christian scientist association she delivered this sorrow to those lambs as a gift in consideration of their loyalty to our great cause also still thinking of everything she told them to retain mr bailey in the editorship and make mr nixon publisher we do not know what it was she had against those men neither do we know whether she scored on bailey or not we only know that god protected nixon and for that i am sincerely glad although i do not know nixon and have never even seen him nixon took the journal and the rest of the publishing society's liabilities and demonstrated over them during three years then brought in his report on assuming my duties as publisher there was not a dollar in the treasury 
but on the contrary the society owed unpaid printing and paper bills to the amount of several hundred dollars not to mention a contingent liability of many more hundreds represented by advance subscriptions paid for the journal and the series the which goods mrs eddy had not delivered and couldn't very well perhaps on a metaphysical college income of but a few thousand dollars a day or a week or whatever it was in those magnificently flourishing times the struggling journal had swallowed up those advance payments but its claim was a severe one and they had failed to cure it but nixon cured it in his diligent three years and joyously reported the news that he had cleared off all the debts and now had a fat six thousand dollars in the bank it made mrs eddy's mouth water at the time that mrs eddy had unloaded that dismal gift on to her national association she had followed her inveterate custom she had tied a string to its hind leg and kept one end of it hitched to her belt we have seen her do that in the case of the boston mosque when she deeds property she puts in that string clause it provides that under certain conditions she can pull the string and land the property in the cherished home of its happy youth in the present case she believed that she had made provision that if at any time the national christian science association should dissolve itself by a formal vote she could pull a year after nixon's handsome report she writes the association that she has a unique request to lay before it it has dissolved and she is not quite sure that the christian science journal has already fallen into her hands by that act though it seems to her to have met with that accident so she would like to have the matter decided by a formal vote but whether there is a doubt or not i see the wisdom she says of again owning this christian science waif i think that that is unassailable evidence that the waif was making money hands down she pulled her gift in a few years later she donated the publishing society along with its real estate its buildings its plant its publications and its money the whole worth twenty two thousand dollars and free of debt to well to the mother church that is to say to herself there is an account of it in the christian science journal and of how she had already made some other handsome gifts to her church and others to to her cause besides an almost countless number of private charities of cloudy amount and otherwise indefinite this landslide of generosities overwhelmed one of her literary domestics while he was in that condition he tried to express what he felt let us endeavor to lift up our hearts in thankfulness to our mother in israel for these evidences of generosity and self-sacrifice that appeal to our deepest sense of gratitude even while surpassing our comprehension a year or two later mrs eddy promulgated some by-laws of a self-sacrificing sort which assuaged him perhaps and perhaps enabled his surpassed comprehension to make a sprint and catch up 
These are to be found in Article 12, entitled The Christian Science Publishing Society. This article puts the whole publishing business into the hands of a publishing board, special. Mrs. Eddy appoints to its vacancies. The profits go semi-annually to the treasurer of the mother church. Mrs. Eddy owns the treasurer. Editors and publishers of the Christian Science Journal cannot be elected or removed without Mrs. Eddy's knowledge and consent. Every candidate for employment in a high capacity or a low one, on the other periodicals or in the publishing house, must first be accepted by Mrs. Eddy as suitable, and by the board of directors, which is surplusage since Mrs. Eddy owns the board, if at any time a weekly shall be started, it shall be owned by the First Church of Christ Scientist, which is Mrs. Eddy. End of Book 2, Chapter 7, Part 2